0: Hello and welcome to another episode of NYC Sports. My guest today has a professional MMA record of 6-1 and, and will make her UFC debut Saturday the 10th at Bantamweight Aaron Blanchfield. Aaron, how are you doing? Thanks for, thanks for coming on. <laughs> I'm
1: doing good. Thank you for having me.
0: So, we're typically a team sport podcast. We have been uh, primarily in the past. Can you explain a little bit about UFC and the sport itself, for some of our listeners who might not might not have seen a fight, not might not know a lot about it.
1: Yeah, that's interesting because it's true. Like it is an individual sport. Like when you go in there, you're the only one. Like you have complete control over the outcome. Um, but in a lot of aspects, it is a team because you have a team that helps you get ready, and you have teams that you train with um, that help you get ready. So without them, you wouldn't be able to do it. But there definitely is a part of it that forces you to be more selfish with your training, like make sure that you have the sparring partners you need and the drilling you need and the coaching you need and stuff like that. Um, So I think that's kind of what makes it different from like other team sports.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. So who would you say is in your team?
1: Uh, Okay, so my team of, well, coaches, I guess I would say, would be like Augie Mateus is my striking coach. Then I have Frankie Roberts, who's my jitsu coach, and Dave Cordoba, who's my wrestling coach um those are the coaches I work with and then I have a few I have a a bunch of sparring partners that I guess I would consider part of like my team but I feel like when you're an MMA fighter your team is like your coaches basically whoever like corners you in your fights I would say is like your team um so like in the fight I have coming up I have Augie Frankie and uh my little brother corner me, so they're gonna be like my little team for this next fight.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. You're allotted three people to a corner. Yes. So you kind of have to be specific, strategic. I would think about. Yes, you definitely have to be strategic.
1: Like I probably would have brought my wrestling coach too, but he's busy coaching some of his other kids and stuff, and they have a lot of things coming up. So I don't really want to take him away from them because mm-hmm. they haven't been able to compete for a while. So I don't like I've been able to compete thankfully uh, through COVID and everything. So I don't want to like take him away from them. Um, but it's kind of good having my brother because. We're going to be quarantined the whole time, and he's smaller, so I can actually, like, move around and stuff with him. So it works out.
0: Does he have any experience in the sport as well?
1: Oh, yeah. Does he bring any
0: knowledge to the corner?
1: Okay, maybe not as much knowledge (laughs) because he's my younger brother. um, But he knows a lot, but probably not more than me. But he can see. um, He knows, like, my style, so he kind of, like, knows what I like to do and when I'm doing things wrong or right, like, depending on what he's seen before. Um, But he just brings, like – I mean, he's my brother, so it's, like, good energy, you know what I mean? Like, he supports course, me, like, 110%. Yeah. Um, and he's only, like, 155 pounds, so he's, like, pretty s- – he's smaller for a guy, so I can definitely, like, move around with him better. Um, and he knows how to work with me, so that works out a lot. Uh, yeah.
0: So he has experience, too.
1: Oh, yeah, sorry, experience. Yeah, he's um, been training since he was four years old, so he has a lot of experience. And he's been competing and stuff, but he hasn't fought, like, a May yet, but he wants to. Cool. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Keep it in the family, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think, are there any misconceptions about the sport itself or maybe about the league or anything about that that you want to clarify or clear up right
1: now? Misconceptions about the league? Um, You know, I think like a lot of, uh, maybe people that watch the sport um, like more intensely think like the UFC kind of treats their fighters badly and stuff like that like they get a lot of bad rep for that that they don't like pay their athletes and stuff like that but they definitely have the biggest platform and if you feel like you can be one of the best in the world you're definitely gonna make the most money there at one point you just have to keep winning fights right um but I mean other than that I mean I guess as female fighters there's a big misconception that like um like the UFC picks up fighters based off like what they look like and stuff like that um but a lot of girls they have to prove themselves so they're there for a reason
0: so you haven't experienced any kind of uh weird treatment by the league or anything no it's all been fair
1: yeah definitely especially coming up through Invicta which was like an all-female league they definitely um help support girls in that aspect That's great to hear. Yeah. So
0: that was going to be my next question. How did you, what what steps did you have to take to get here?
1: Okay, well, (laughs) my journey's been very long because I started when I was seven. um, And it was just purely like recreational, like just to learn how to defend myself and have fun and stuff like that. Um, And then I started competing when I was around eight. um, And I just kind of like fell in love with it. Like I never did any other sports because I was always training. And the thing with like, with MMA or never
0: that. any other sports,
1: uh, okay? I did dancing when I was really young, Okay, but I never did any other sports after I started like martial arts um, Yes, yeah, so I danced from when I was like three to six and I got bored of it and I just stopped um, And then my brother was training and I went to go watch him and that's kind of how I got into it because They gave me like an introductory class there um, And I started training and so like I said, I started competing around like eight years old and um, and I, just, yeah, I fell in love. And there's no season, so you can kind of do it all year round. So mm-hmm. I think that's why I stuck with it so easily because I was always like, oh, what's the next competition? Is there one in April? Is there one in May? And you, right. you can always just keep. There is no it. downtime. Yeah, there's no downtime. Yeah. Um, and then I remember I took my first like kickboxing fight when I was like 14 on like a day's notice. <laughs> like in my coach. How did that go? I, I won it. It was oh, good. good. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember I was at training on a Friday and like after training. My coach was like, oh, do you want to, like, fight tomorrow in Pennsylvania? Like, they have an opening, like, a girl got hurt or something. Um, And I was like, okay. And I didn't tell my parents or anything until, like, we got home. Um, (laughs) And they had, like, a wedding the next day. They were, like, super busy. Like, my mom was mad at me. Um, And my dad did. I don't think he wanted to go. So it was, like, a great out for him. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll go with you. I'll drive you to Pennsylvania. Um, And, you know, it all worked out. I, I got in there. It was a tough fight. I think I was 14. She was, like, 16. And we went back and forth a lot, but I, I ended up winning, so that was cool. And then so, he- I don't know a
0: lot about kickboxing. What is, mm-hmm. like, is there, is it just legs? Is it, like, the soccer okay, so- sort of equivalent of fighting where you can only use your legs? Or no. can you also no, you strike can- with your upper body?
1: Yeah, you can punch and you can kick. Okay. And what I did particularly was called uh, K1. So, you can knee the opponent, like, once, but you can't, like, in Muay Thai, you can, like, clinch onto somebody and just keep kneeing them and elbowing them. But in K1, you can only knee once and they have to let go. Okay. Um, so yes, yeah, punching, kicks, and like one knee at a time, basically. <laughs> and we had to wear shin guards and headgear and mouthpieces and everything and gloves because we were we were kids. So right, yeah,
0: cool. So what, like you said, you fell in love with it right away. What mm-hmm. drew you to the sport, and if it was your favorite part, is it still your favorite part today, or with more experience, do you have another, you know, new favorite aspect of the sport?
1: Um, well, I guess what maybe, like, love the sport initially. I think it gave me a lot of confidence growing up. I was a really, really, really quiet kid. um, And I kind of got, like, bullied and stuff like that. Um, So I think fighting and learning how to defend myself just made me more confident in myself. um, And I feel like people notice that. Like, it's not something, like, maybe that, like, a switch, but I think I just, like, started, I don't know, your aura comes off different when you have, like, confidence in yourself. Um, And I feel like martial arts did that a lot for me. And then... I wanted to get into it professionally once I saw that there was actually like money to be made in it. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Um, I remember watching like Rousey versus Misha Tate on Force and then Rousey right after that like they opened up the UFC for her um, and I saw that and I was like dude I love this sport anyway and I do it all the time so like might as well try to become a professional in it.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Do you ever grow up playing any of the games?
1: Uh, you know, not really a video game person, okay. so I never really played any of those games. But if I ever get in one, I definitely will. I
0: mean, you just signed the deal, so <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I'd be buying it if I'm in the game. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna have to learn how to play though, Yeah that'd I know, be pretty that's, embarrassing that's the if, uh, yeah. if you if you be smart. Probably your like record. lose to
1: everybody and like kill my own like ranking.
0: That's all right. that's yeah. all right. Just keep winning in real life. Yeah, that's yeah. the <laughs> most important. So, how did you get your start with Invicta?
1: Um, okay, so that's actually an interesting story. So I, so when I was 18, I got into this competition. It was called the Eddie Bravo Invitational. It was a grappling thing, but I ended up winning that. Um, and it was a pretty big thing at the time. Like anyone that's into jiu-jitsu like, knows what it is. Um, and I remember I wanted to get into MMA right after that. So I had an AMI fight and I won that. And then like I couldn't find any more amateur fights. So I just went pro right away. Um, and I had my first pro fight with CFC which is a great like regional organization on the East Coast, too. A lot of guys got into the UFC through there. But after I had that fight...
0: Wait, so you just went pro right away?
1: Yeah, when I was 18. How common is that? I'm the youngest fighter in New Jersey to have a pro win at that age.
0: Really? Yeah. So that's extremely uncommon. Yes. How, (laughs) How does... That's just bizarre to me. Like that's incredible. How does how did that opportunity arise that you were able that you were able to participate yes. with no?
1: Okay, that's actually yeah. that's a really fun story too. So I'll tell that first. So I had my one ammy fight right, and I was looking. I wanted to get more ammy fights, like my coaches wanted me to, but it was just getting so hard. I mean, it's like literally, I remember one day I had like three different girls drop out on the same day. So I was like, okay, there's like no way anyone's gonna fight me. Um, I'm gonna have to go pro, and CVC offered me a pro fight, but I athletic, guess
0: I have to go pro. But,
1: no, but the head of the athletic commission in New Jersey didn't want to let me go pro. And there's this coach. His name's John Denneher. He's a super renowned coach um, in MMA and like jiu-jitsu. Okay. And he, he's from Henzo Gracie in New York. He's, uh, well, he trains down in Puerto Rico now, but they were there uh, the back then. And um, I had to get like a letter from him in order to go pro. Wow. Because that's how, like, he's seen very highly in, like, the MMA world, so I had to, like, go talk to him. And I trained with him all the time. I was anyway. going to ask, how
0: did you have that connection? Yeah, no,
1: I trained with him at Henzo's because okay. I used to go to, I went to Henzo's all the time for, like, sparring and jiu-jitsu and stuff like that. Um, but he's, like, pretty, well, he's a super well-known coach. So it was a little intimidating for me to go and ask him, but he was actually super cool about it. I had to do, like, he wanted me to train, like, with him particularly to do, like, a private just, just so he can see, like, my skill and, like, where it was sure. at. Um, but once I did that He was super calm He's like yeah I'll write you a letter And you can go pro <laughs> So So
0: in your life Have you ever had An amateur fight?
1: Yes Well I've had ah. Amateur kickboxing fights And stuff like that And I had the one Amateur may fight But so okay. that was it But usually you have to have Like A lot of people have Like maybe five Or six or so <sighs> But I just had one, and then I went One and for all. done. Yeah, one and done. I goals. wanted to go pro. I wanted to get paid. Don't yeah, do anything sure. you're good at for free. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's the move. That's that's it. Speaking of moves, do you have any go to takedowns, go to strikes that like you feel more comfortable with compared to others?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, every fight is slightly different because um, I like to really game plan for my opponents, particularly um but striking wise i have really good head kicks and stuff like that and i set them up well you have to really set up your kicks because you just throw them blind people are gonna like dodge them um but setting up my head kicks i'm really good at and my takedowns it depends on the opponent because i feel like if they're shorter or taller depends on what what you'll use to take them down body type yeah body types and stuff like that um
0: Frame, I'm sure.
1: Frame, yeah, like, but I love like doubles off the cage because you can really control somebody and take them down easy from there. So
0: off the cage is in bringing them up against it or from distance away yeah, from so the Yeah,
1: so if you no, if you push someone up against the cage and you can get like your hands connected, like literally like, right under their butt and like kind of load them up, you can like pick them up and then like slam them down. <laughs> and it's it's much easier. E- it's much easier than it sounds if you do it correctly. Cool. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Do you have a, a fastest or a favorite win? Maybe it's the same, maybe they're different.
1: Uh, well, my favorite win right now is definitely like my highlight reel, like knockout in the second round against Victoria Leonardo. Um, that one was piss of that fight. I, I, the training camp and everything went well for it. I had good notice, but the day of the fight, I got like super, super sick. And we went to like Walmart I got like Pepto and I ended up like throwing up like the entire day before the fight probably had to so. make
0: weight or had you already made weight no I had
1: point? made weight already oh, then there's that no was a problem because like that. everyone <laughs> so I'm, yeah there's no <laughs> benefit
0: purely it was negative. no super
1: bad because like yeah. I made weight the day before I made 125 I was good um my opponent made weight and everything but and I usually I walk into the cage probably like 135 because I, I put like 10 pounds back on um But for this fight, I probably was, like, literally, like, 129 pounds when I went back in there because, like, the entire day I was throwing up. And then I remember, like, I don't know, like, I had, like, the marathon of that. And then, like, right before, like, an hour before we had to leave, I remember, like, I just felt so much better. And thank God. And I didn't eat anything else. I remember, like, my parents were kind of freaking out, like, my coaches. And they're like, you should probably, like, eat something I was like, dude, if I eat anything, I'm going to, like probably like throw it up again anyway yeah so I went in there and I and you can tell it's funny like we watched some of my other fights and then you watch that fight you can see how much like smaller I am because I didn't really eat or drink anything Um, but thankfully everything we trained was still like automatic for me so I just did it and I got the finish so that's awesome
0: yeah so I have two questions for you first off you said that there's a lot of strategy that goes into each opponent Mm-hmm. how much of that is you watching tape and how much of that is coaching and then my follow-up question is typically you're at you uh, correct me if I'm wrong um, you'll fight at 125 bantam weight around where is that how far away is that from your standard uh, weight class
1: uh, so I usually, well, I walk around about like 140 pounds, but this next fight I'm taking at 35 because I only had like a 10 days notice Okay. Um, just to make it easier on myself. Well, that's a fight that was offered to me. So that's what I had to take. Okay. Um, but I don't mind. I mean, it's easy, especially with the, the short notice. I don't think I'd be able to make 25. Um, and then the strategy question. So I do watch a lot of tape. Like I watch tape and my coaches watch tape. And I feel like we kind of like talk about it and discuss like what we think we could do like maybe things that are already in my game that i could use or things that we want to add into my game to implement yeah implement it using that fight different
0: stuff mm-hmm. so how much leading up to a fight just like you said i'm sure it's it's different opponent to opponent yeah at this point in your career how much of it is learning new moves and new attacks and or like uh defenses and everything Mm -hmm. and how much of it is just honing what you already do
1: that's a good question I mean there's definitely a thing the thing about like fighting and like uh, MMA and everything there's always things to learn but it's true like you get to a point where you probably know most of it and like when you have a fight coming up there's probably just things you want to hone in that you like you know already but maybe you haven't been using in your sparring recently and stuff like that that maybe for this opponent you want to use so you make sure to keep that like I literally write notes of what I want to do in sparring and I keep it very like I'm very conscious when I'm sparring like what I want to do uh in order to prepare myself for like my next fight I take a lot of notes in training and stuff in general it helps so much
0: do you bring those notes into your coaches how does that go uh
1: no they're mostly just for me I think um Like, I'll write down, like, if there's something I learned in, like, a class or something that I want to make sure that I use next time, I'll, like, write down all the little details and stuff, like, on the Notes app in my phone, literally. Um, Or things that, yeah, like I said before, like, things I want to do in sparring, I'll write them down. I'll, like, read them right before, just so I remember. Um, And honestly, it's something I started, like, right before fights, too. Like, the night before, like, two nights before, I'll, like, write down everything that I know I want to do in that fight. Um, And just kind of like read it over and like visualize it and it's really been helping me a lot since I started doing that
0: That's awesome. How much do you use visualization like that
1: a lot? I think it's super I didn't do it for like in the very beginning of my pro career I think like it's funny because right before that Leonardo fight, I remember one of my coaches like you should literally just like Write down like what I want you to do and it would help and it did help a lot and obviously helped in that fight and the fight after that and I think it will definitely continue helping because it helps me daily in training. And I can definitely see the difference in my fights as well.
0: That's interesting. Do you have yeah. any pre-fight rituals that can't get into that cage until you do this? Or maybe once you're in the cage, I sometimes see people, you know, they always go up and do something on the uh, on the fence or something, you know, hanging oh, on it. Or... That's true.
1: Um, you know, there's definitely things that maybe I tend to do, but I don't have a lot of, like, a uh, particular ritual. I think it's funny because I remember hearing Conor McGregor says, like, rituals is a form of fear, which yeah. I think is kind of true to extent because um, if you feel like you really need to do something in order to win, like, you're not confident in your actual abilities. You know, if you feel like, sure. oh, I need to drink this certain thing at this time, it's like, mm-hmm. that doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? And circumstances are always going to be so different in every single fight, like, especially now with COVID and everything. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I have, like, certain things. I like to always get my nails done and stuff right before. If I, I don't know, I feel like it's... Do you always
0: like... go with a, a color or something? Get you in the mindset? Um,
1: recently, it's been black. But, it depends. I don't know. I just go and I just... Whatever I feel, I just whatever do. Whatever you're feeling. Yeah.
0: <laughs> How has your experiences with fights and everything changed since COVID?
1: Uh, okay, so it's been very different. Um... Like usually like my family would come out from my fights and stuff like that but like my last fight uh only like my coach could come because we had a quarantine and stuff like that and they couldn't like put at risk of having anybody that had covid that wasn't being tested and stuff like that um and the energy is super different like i feel like for me when we were actually going out to fight and when we're fighting it doesn't bother me because uh, I feel like I usually I'm pretty good about zoning out the crowd and stuff anyway because it doesn't really help when you're actually fighting mm-hmm. for me I mean every fighter is different I think some fighters really feed you off the feed crowd you don't feed off that
0: energy I don't
1: I'm so much more of like a calm, I want to be like as calm as I possibly can in the chaos kind of thing yeah um, so I really try to zone everything out and I just hear my, like I know my corners voices so well that I just try to like listen to that and not hear anything else um so in that aspect i don't mind it like walking out my last fight it didn't bother me that there was no one cheering and stuff like that fighting it didn't bother me the weird thing is after you get your hand raised and then there's no crowd yeah it's, there's nothing yeah that yeah. i love the energy then like hearing right. all the yells and of the course. scream it's, it's so cool um and it really brings you back to like that moment it, and i don't know it makes it super memorable mm-hmm. um so that was super weird, because I remember, like, yeah, you just got your hand raised, like, you're hyped, there's nothing to hear, and then you basically just leave the cage, you go do your little interview after, and then they just, like, ship you off, and that was it. It was super... It was yeah. very odd. Um, and, I mean, that that's basically what I'll be doing again in this next fight. So at least I have experience with that before, before my UFC debut, so...
0: Now, I'm sure as soon as you made the decision to yourself however many years ago that you wanted to go pro, mm-hmm. and you wanted to be in the UFC I'm sure no part of you thought that it would be during a global pandemic and there would be no one in the stands like yeah. how does how does that change you know you know
1: that's funny because like I didn't do you feel even, robbed
0: of that experience
1: it's funny because I feel like I haven't even thought about that so you just mentioned because like we've been in this pandemic for so long already it's yeah. been like over a year so, so like year. I feel like it's I'm crazy. kind of used to it um, and I knew that going in, like if I did get cold or anything, that it would be with no crowd. Uh, but definitely, if you asked me when I was like twelve, when I like decided I was like, okay, I'm gonna like do this. Well, first you know you'd probably I mean?
0: have to teach you the word pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> and probably. Then ask the question. Probably, I'd be like,
1: what the like? What are you talking about? Yeah. Like, I'd be like, no, that that'd be insane. Like, I want the crowd. You know what I mean? I want everyone to be there. Um, but you know, I mean, it's gonna be televised and stuff like that and I know everyone at home is watching so know they're kind of experiencing it with me but just not directly so sure yeah
0: do you think that the fact that you don't feed off that crowd energy is there any part of you that views this as a positive
1: yeah I definitely think so I think for me as a fighter the fact that I, I'm the way that I am I think is super beneficial <laughs> for fighting during a pandemic um yeah like I said before like I don't I don't feed off the crowd in that way. Like, I love the energy, and I love, like, meeting fans and stuff like that after fights, Um, but in in there, I don't really do anything. Like, the only thing I'll do is if there's people standing on the side and they have their hands out, like, I'll hit their hands, but I don't feed off, like, the energy. I don't really want people, like, screaming in my face and stuff like that. I just want to, like, get in there. I know what I want to do, and I want to just go and do it. Um, So I feel like my mindset is definitely good for the time right now.
0: Have you ever had any, like... Fan experiences being there uh, at like at the events or
1: like anything crazy? You mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't. Know. Or or just something
0: nice or just like an enjoyable fan experience where they're like you inspire me or oh, something. Well, there like was that.
1: one I remember after my um, Invicta debut. There was like a bunch of little girls from like a local like karate school or something and they were all walking around with like they had the fight cards and like little sharpies and they were just like standing there like a bunch of them and they were just kind of like looking at me and I can tell they just like didn't want to like they were like intimidated or whatever and I was like do you guys want autographs and the girl was like <gasps> she took like, a good deep breath and she's like yes please and I was like oh that was literally like the cutest thing yeah. ever like I love the little kid fans like they're adorable because sure. like I know like it's funny cuz I feel like I'm like I'm young in the sport so I think I, I think of myself as a kid sometimes but I don't realize like I'm not anymore you know I'm 21 sure, years old. Yeah. There's a lot of kids like when I was 12 I would think someone that was 21 was like so old. Yes. Um so I can tell now more that like they look up to me so I try to like be a good role model for them. I mean like fans of all ages are great but I love sure. the little kids I just like you yeah. know their energy is I crazy. mean if you
0: had to pick between a 40 year old sweaty guy and 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 an adorable 12 year old exactly what advice would you give to those um, young kids out there who are trying to get where you are right now signing that UFC deal
1: (laughs) um you know I think you you always have to have fun you know I feel like I saw a lot of kids when I was like growing up like maybe it was more like on their parents they kind of pushed them like too hard like they literally like wouldn't go to birthday parties and stuff because they had to go train and stuff like my parents never did that like it was always something like i really wanted to do and if there was anything else i wanted to do like they would let me do it but i i just loved training and stuff so much that i kind of stayed consistent like it wasn't like i don't train i didn't train like how i train now because i'm professional but um but just say like i think consistency is the best like if you train twice a week whatever, when you're super young, like if you do that consistently, you'll definitely get better versus like going five days a week and then you burn yourself out and then you don't do it for like five months. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think just being consistent and giving yourself breaks when you need it um, and having fun is the most important part.
0: That is interesting that you brought up like with the parents, because I do feel yeah. like that's definitely more of a parental thing at that age. Like, no,
1: I've seen it. The, at, kid, the
0: kid isn't in control of their schedule.
1: Yes. Like, I remember seeing at tournaments and stuff, like, grappling. I did a lot of grappling tournaments when I was younger because that was, like, the easiest thing you could do. You could literally go there that day and just sign up and, and compete. Cool. Um, and I remember some of, like, the kids' parents that I, like, competed with, like, they, if they lost a match, like, they would be, like, you could see, like, they were going to get roasted, like, on the way home. Like, their parent was, like, livid. Wow. Where, like, I would lose a match my dad would be like, oh, you did that raw and that raw. Like, oh, let's go back and, like you know, fix it a training, right. sure, or whatever, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I remember one day, and you I literally, ice cream and then you yeah, just. exactly, we'd get ice cream if I lost, whatever, it wouldn't matter, like, we were there for Did fun. you get sprinkles? Um. Yeah, chocolate sprinkles, chocolate ice cream, chocolate sprinkles. I think of the
0: progressive commercials, sprinkles are for winners.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, in my house, it was for losers too. Well, and <laughs> you're a
0: professional, so maybe, yeah, maybe you so, know more than flow.
1: Yeah, I think I, I think do it with fighting, at least in <laughs> professional sports, but, um, but yeah, like, the parents would be too insane, like, you can tell, like, the kid, they maybe they would have loved it, but, like, they don't love it now because they kind of, like, associate it with yeah. getting, like, basically ripped by their parents if they didn't do yeah. good. Um, where, like, I feel like for me, like, when I remember going to tournaments and losing every single match that day, and it was just like, okay, like, you know, you have so much more to learn now versus, like, if you just went there and won everything. Like, there's obviously things to learn, but there's a lot less because you probably just were maybe competing against the best people you could have. Like, I remember... When I first started competing, obviously I did like beginners at first, but like I just kind of went right into the advance like pretty quick because I wanted to get hard matches and I wanted to learn. So I'd win some, lose some, whatever, but I got so much better doing that, just challenging myself and not caring about the outcome as much. Like I feel like kids care way too much. Like no one's keeping record of this, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're a kid, just get better, have fun. Um, you can worry about your wins and losses if you ever get go professional, you know what I mean?
0: So you started out with, MMA, correct. Correct um, me if I'm wrong, because I don't when know. I was a
1: kid. Yes. You know I mean? Yeah. Uh, well, I did. And the
0: grappling.
1: So I didn't compete in MMA because you're not technically okay. allowed to fight MMA until you're 18.
0: Okay. But I did
1: everything that MMA fighters train, okay. which is like jitsu and uh, kickboxing and wrestling and stuff like that. Um, but I had to compete in the disciplines separately.
0: So what? At what point did you enter like the striking world of? Okay, so
1: when I first started training the gym that I trained at did like their own little in-house tournaments So I did a lot of grappling and kickboxing there So I kind of started doing both right away Like I started training both and I started competing in both right away I just didn't have any like official fights kind of until I was older But I did a lot of little like I guess they would call them like smoker kind of things Like you just kind of compete and no one really keeps track of it or anything
0: Gotcha Yeah I mean, just like you said, that's apparently the way to go. Yeah, exactly. When, when you're that young. Don't keep track. Don't do anything like yeah, that. Yeah, there's no point. Yeah. Have you had any serious injuries to this point in your professional career?
1: Uh, yeah, so I had a pretty bad back, like, injury. It wasn't anything particular. I just remember, like... When was this? Um, this was in 2019. Okay. Like, spring, summer. Um, I remember, like, I was wrestling a lot and, like training for oh I was training for a fight and I remember like I hurt my back really bad one day in sparring and I just like I didn't want to miss out on the fight so I just kind of like took like a few days off and I kept training but my I knew my back was like fucked but I ended up I took the fight anyway and I won the fight which was good thankfully um but then after that I was like I need to do like it, the back kind of got better because I took a few weeks off but it just when I went back to training immediately got bad again um, so I went to doctors and stuff like that. I didn't have any herniated discs or anything like that. But, so they weren't sure exactly what the pain was from, but they think it was like in the actual joint, like it was just like super, super inflamed. So I ended up having to get like two cortisone shots and like my L4 and my L5. And that helped a lot in doing a lot of PT. Um, but that was like, the I never had to get like any actual surgeries, thankfully. But that was definitely the worst one I had dealt with.
0: So how that how's it doing now? My back is good. All right, super good. I've kept
1: up with like just keeping like your core and everything strong, kind of helps keep your back aligned. And if it ever like kind of bothers me, I try to. If I take like a day off now, it kind of it gets better right away. Oh good. Um, so I haven't had any. Yeah, it's been good. Good,
0: (laughs) good to hear. Now, since you've signed, What has been different, if anything?
1: Okay, so today is Saturday. I signed, like. Thursday, so nothing's been different really okay. right. um, Besides like just getting everything put together for fights, but that like what so what, what goes into that? Um, so I have to get a lot of me- like especially it's so rushed So I had to get a lot of medicals done. So Friday I basically just went around to like four or five different doctors appointments getting everything done
0: and they um, make those appointments for you, you Yeah, just they, show up. The UFC
1: made them for me um, So that was actually super easy like when I came in they already knew who I was and why I was there um, which is actually a lot different from my previous fights. I had to like make appointments and they had like no idea You had to call. I had to make them wow. um, And they didn't really understand Why I was doing it and stuff like that. Like they did it obviously because I had insurance Thankfully sure. like, because I'm still young <laughs> enough to be insured under my parents um, So that helps out a lot and actually like my my primary doctor my mom used to work for her. So She knows me very well, so she knows everything I need. So she always got my bloods and stuff done, which was super helpful. Um, But for this fight, like everyone knew who I was because UFC called and uh, they took care of everything, which was super beneficial, made it a lot easier on me. Um, And then just getting everything, like getting my cornermen forms in, um, getting their flights, getting my flights. Um, I had to sign up with USADA, which is like the US Anti-Doping Association to make Mm -hmm. sure that they... So
0: you've already been like tested and all that?
1: Um, well, they took my blood, so I guess they're going to test it now, basically. But um, that's something different than any other organization I've been with. you expect to pass? Yes, of <laughs> course. Yeah, I'm not on roads. I'm clean. I'm a clean athlete. Good. good. Um, but yeah, so that was different. I actually have to like, have to, I think I still have to do like a meeting with them or something. I signed up like officially online and they're, they're going to like test me and stuff like that. Um, but that definitely is a big part that I think a lot more organizations should probably do. Because no other organization uh, I've ever fought with has checked for steroids. Um, wow. Which I think is insane because we're literally yeah. punching and kicking each other in the face. Yeah. Um, so if you're on roids, you can definitely kill somebody, I think. Yeah. And I feel um, like the
0: roid rage would only help.
1: Yeah, probably. In well, that regard. Yeah. Unless never. you gas out. Yeah. <laughs> or if you just like fight crazy and then, then getting knocked out yourself. But, so
0: um, how much of... Because to me, someone who wrestling background but no striking experience whatsoever it clearly there's some kind of uh, strategy when you know fighters like trade jabs are feeling each other out mm-hmm. how much of it is how much of it do you like I guess it's it's also a personal question do mm-hmm. you feel uh, maybe stronger or that you fight better if you're angry or would you rather you know collected
1: yes I think I mean, I think in general, it's probably smart to never fight angry. I mean, I can't speak for every fighter, but I know for me, I never – I'm first. I'm so calm that it takes a lot to get me mad. Like, I have to really even – if I don't care about you, you won't really get me mad. You know what I mean? So I don't really care about my opponents in that way, so they they, they never really get me mad, and I've never had anyone, like, talk shit about me really or anything, so I haven't had to deal with that. But I feel like fighting with a clear head is always best because you're always just going to – you're going to do what you need to do. If you're angry or you're fighting emotional – you're gonna let that go first, and then you're gonna, like, and it's funny in MMA they don't really have a saying, but I know in boxing they always say like you need a box, don't fight, like mm. don't just like go in there and go crazy, like you need yeah. to be strategic, you need to like fight smart.
0: Because there are times where, I don't know, I see people and they're they're taunting, they they're making like they're saying stuff, or yeah. I think I saw one guy like lay on the ground and then get back up and keep fighting, and it's like, that's do Nate, you have any thoughts on that, Nate Diaz? Okay. okay. Um, do you have so, any thoughts you know, on... you
1: know, I mean, there's definitely there's definitely benefits to being that type of fighter. Like, he's a fan favorite, and he'll... No, honestly, I feel like no matter how many fights he lost, he would always be in the UFC, because the UFC knows if they put him on a card, everyone's going to be like, oh, it's Nate Diaz, like, we want to watch sure, him, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, he fights in all these super fights. He's fought Conor McGregor, even though that was a super random fight that made no sense, mm-hmm. but he's Nate Diaz, so he got that fight. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... Um, Is there know- part
0: of you that wants to be that superstar that, like, has a name
1: i'd love i want to be a superstar in my sport but i feel like i would want to be more in a way of i want to become a champ and i want to be a star in in more of a i guess traditional way where you're just like you're liked because you of how good you are as a fighter you know what i mean and maybe like certain personality traits that you have um i mean obviously if you're a star like there's people like Sean O'Malley and stuff like that who's like not even ranked and he hasn't even had that many fights, but he has like a million followers on Instagram and everyone like loves his little like thing that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's definitely ways of What being... is that? Um
0: For those of us who don't know that thing that he does.
1: <laughs> I mean there's I don't know if there's like a particular thing but uh, he always Or just like, like
0: what like Like
1: just... he has like aura, you know what oh, I cool. mean? He okay. has the face it, tats got it, got it. and he always like he did, like, rainbow hair, and he always has, like, oh, like, what color is he going to dye his hair for cool, this fight? Cool, cool. Um, he's a big video game guy. Like, I know he's, like, a huge mm. Twitch person. Um, so, he kind of, like, appeals to all that. Um, and he always, he, like, talks, like, mad shit. But he does back it up a lot. I okay. mean, he has not in the past. Like, he lost one fight, but most of the time he backs it up. Like, I think recently he just knocked out another guy. Um, so, it works for him because he, he is very good. Um, so, he can kind of, like, talk shit and, like, back it up. Okay. Um,
0: would you ever would you ever oh, would I ever do that? Yeah, would you oh would you God, ever no. pull a Diaz like that? And...
1: I don't think so. Like maybe <laughs> I mean, I know Diaz has like literally for the able... follower
0: for the gram, would you ever
1: <laughs> I don't go know. viral? I mean, I don't know if I'd ever lay on the floor like that how he did. I remember even one time he had someone like a triangle, Like, he was on his back and he had them in the choke. And then he just started giving fingers to the crowd. I think they were like, wow. I, don't, I don't know why. I don't know if they were booing him or what that was I about. don't know
0: how that would make the crowd <laughs> like him. It was him.
1: honestly hilarious. I mean, it's really? great for the grandma I and mean, stuff. they repost it all the time. Sure, and it happened sure. years ago. And it's still so funny every time you watch it. Or, like, I remember um, when he beat Conor McGregor. And, like, he went on the mic and he's like, Oh, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. And, like, every that's literally, like, a like a line that all fighters use now all the really? time yeah it's so funny so he's definitely made a lot of iconic moments you know and i think the thing is like you can't fake that you know what i mean like that's yeah. the, who he is i think when fighters try to fake personalities people know like people yeah. can see right through see you right through. you can't fake who you are um people try all the time but they never get as popular as the guy that just is that guy you know what i mean there's a there's an it factor yeah and i think when you're just yourself people people will like you or Or not like you, no matter what. So I think just being yourself is the best. Yeah.
0: That's dope. To all the kids out there, be yourself, and you'll get a hundred million Instagram followers. Yeah. Although it helps to be a professional fighter. (laughs) So what what is your follow count at right now?
1: Mm. I mean, I don't have many followers. I'm only at like eight k, like almost nine. Oh, only. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, for for like when I think, because I'm comparing myself to like. Sure, of course. I mean. Hopefully, after I win my next fight, it will definitely go up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I have a good... I mean, I feel like a lot of people following me are probably, like, locals or um, people that... Jiu-Jitsu is, like, a super niche community, and I did a lot of that growing up, so a lot of people started following me when I was competing in that. Um, yeah, so keep building it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Do you have
0: any comments towards uh, the fight on next Saturday, not this Saturday? Actually, today is Saturday. so so. for next week a week from today a
1: week from today um you know I'm super excited I feel like I've been visualizing this since I was a kid um and you know I mean I've just been training for I, I didn't have much notice but I feel like I'm already prepared for this opponent I've strategized with my coaches and everything um and yeah I'm feeling really good about it I my weight's good the training's been good uh everything's good so I'm excited
0: that's great. Mm-hmm. We wish you the best of luck here at NYC Sports. You've been <laughs> listening you. to Aaron Blanchfield. Aaron, how can, how can we all watch your fight?
1: Okay, so my fight will be on ESPN April 10th. Uh, I'm on the prelims. I think I'm like the seventh fight on the prelims, and they start at 12 o'clock Eastern Time. So I'll probably be on around two o'clock or so.
0: All right. Yeah. So around two o'clock, ESPN, Aaron Blanchfield. Just get the dub. Yeah. Good luck. Thank you. Thanks for coming on.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Hey, thanks for listening. Be sure to check out our Instagram page at NYC Sports and feel free to mosey on over to our website, nycsports.net. Stay safe, everybody.